down those cards. Cards mean different things at different times. Do you know anything about tarot cards? Oh, Christmas. Gather around, children. Listen to the mystics. <laughs> Journey. Podcast. I'm no mystic. Welcome to Tarot Tangents. This is our shorter segment where we hit on higher level topics about anything and everything tarot. If you've got questions, stories, or just a good old rant you'd like to share, send it into tangents at mysticfooltarot.com for a chance to be featured. All right. On a previous episode, we talked about tarot birth cards. So, of course, we're continuing. Yeah, we're continuing the theme because we're going through all of them. In this episode, we're covering a high-level interpretation of two more pairs of birth cards. Pair number one will be Temperance and the Hierophant, and pair number two will be Death and the Emperor. Dun-dun-dun! Fun! So fun. <laughs> so, so fun. All right, let's dive in. We're doing Temperance and the Hierophant. So together, these two are all about guidance and mentorship through the balance of the spiritual and material natural cycles and man-made structures, you know, learning to understand the value of processes and frameworks, but also when to release control and go with the flow. So both of the figures on these two cards represent mastery and guidance, but, you know, of different realms, kind of like we just mentioned. The Hierophant has mastered the use of, like, the formal traditions and structures as a way to connect with wisdom and gain knowledge while the angel in temperance has mastered going with the flow and kind of letting things take their natural course rather than forcing it. Very cool. Very cool pairing here. <laughs> Super cool pairing. I feel like most of the birth card pairings kind of have some sort of like built-in tension. You know, there's always, it's like, oh, we have dualities. We have things that kind of complement each other. Um, we'll get to a few where... It might not seem that way, but that'll be in a later episode. Yeah, it's interesting, the synchronicity there, because I feel like, you know, this is a somewhat random practice, but you could have really gotten, like, the lovers and the empress as pairings, and that just wouldn't have, you know, had as much natural tension as something like these guys do. Right. Like, it feels, it was, it's easy to write the ones where you're like, oh, yeah, clearly these guys are like, it's about balancing these two different aspects of life. Yeah, I'm excited to learn a bit more about this pairing just because it seems like they're pretty much on the same path to me. I mean, one's a little bit more free thinking and one's a little more traditional, but I'd love to hear a bit more about them separately, Anna. Oh, of course. <laughs> so temperance. I think everybody, like, kind of, like, the first thing you learn about this card is the word patience. Like, just, you know, trust the process. Um, so, yeah, it is kind of all about, like, that moderation. And it's very much reminding us that there are some things that we just can't force to happen in life. And we have to learn when to allow those things to run their course. Um, the angelic figure has a foot on the earth and a foot in water, kind of representing staying grounded while also maintaining connection with our emotions or spirituality. And a big word that comes up with this card is alchemy, which is at a very, very high level about transformation of matter. Um, of course, there's a bunch of different contexts about alchemy um, that we won't dive into on this episode, <laughs> but it is all about that transformation, turning something that seems like it could never be anything other than it is into this new form. Um, you know, the classic is like turning lead into gold is like the the general summary of what people know about alchemy when they think of like historical context, because it was kind of a precursor to chemistry. 
So that, but that word has been used now in other places like psychology as well. Yeah, we should really do a whole episode on the history of alchemy, like, because there is so much in there to explore from the original, like, when it was science sort of thing into, like, the psychological sort of thing. You know, nowadays, I think most people just consider it as, like, you know, a a more abstract form of, like, changing and growth, but that would be a pretty cool episode to dive into. One thing about the temperance that's always surprised me, when I've that doesn't really make sense to me, its astrological sign, I think, is Sagittarius. And I've always assumed it would have been more one of the water-based ones, just because water is such a highly symbolic feature of the card. It's very interesting that it's Sagittarius and not, you know, what are the other water ones, Pisces or Aquarius or something yeah. like that? <laughs> oh, Aquarius is air. I do know that. I feel bad for, mostly because I feel bad for Aquarius because it's the water bearer. Like Aquarius is always holding a jar of water. So people think it's a water sign, but it's an air sign. <laughs> and it says aqua, man. That sucks for Aquarius. My apologies. Everything's working against Aquarius right now. I just did like a zodiac slur by calling them a water <laughs> sign like, when they're an on. air sign. Like, not you too, Ruth. <laughs> right? That's a very interesting point that like, I didn't expect it to be Sagittarius. Obviously, I'm not as well versed in ast- astrological signs and astrology. But I think when I learned that, when I was looking more up about the sign specifically, it's about expansion. So temperance, it plays into the idea that like Sagittarius is pulling back the bow and arrow and temperance is about that moment where you're pulling back in order to release something that will become greater. It's like about that, that, that side of things. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like warrior vibes, explosive. That makes a lot of sense for Sagittarius. Yeah, so temperance is like the moment before you release and and become something greater. It's kind of like you're in that waiting period where you're like aiming the bow and arrow, but you haven't quite let go yet. Oh, sure. Yeah, so to like wrap up temperance specifically, just another note, like that alchemy um, side of things comes in when we're looking at the two cups because the angel's kind of pouring the two cups back and forth. And it continues, it's about combining the contents until they reach the desired result. So it's very much about being persistent and dedicated, but serene serene and like calm about it. It's not like an aggressive persistence. It's like, a, oh, we will just continue to do this until it has reached its time. Yeah. So moving on to the Hierophant, this is the one where we're talking about a lot of like the dogma, traditions, rituals structures like this guy uses all of those systems to cultivate wisdom knowledge and mastery so the most common example associated with this card is religion and like religious practices especially because the hierophant like looks like a priest with his you know his robes and his crown Um, but formal structures can refer to many things outside of religion it can be institutions like companies and government it can be things like societal norms social expectations and even the education system and the education system is probably like one of the easiest modern examples it's like you are going through this very clear step-by-step process the system to get to higher knowledge and understanding Um, so the hierophant refers to using any kind of process or system to cultivate your achievement and growth Yeah, so the card has the Hierophant, like we mentioned, the priest-looking dude who represents mastery and mentorship. You know, he's got the secrets of the system, 
and establish knowledge, but it also has two initiates on the cards who are, you know, earlier on in their journey and are seeking his mentorship in order to grow through the same rights and processes that the Hierophant has access to. So you definitely have like this very go with the flow vibe versus like follow the path of tradition in order to achieve things. So they can it can be dicey at times, I think. Yeah, it's definitely a good pairing for the birth cards. I guess we always dive into like the extremes of these cards and that sort of thing. And both of these extremes are like not they're kind of gross to me. They're just very intimidating cards, especially the Hierophant. Like, because I feel like in the extreme, it's like you're intolerable and t- just like hypocritical, and you're only concerned with the way things are looking, and everybody checks the right boxes. And that just feels super gross to me. And it's hard for me to find a balance in the Hierophant because of that extreme, I think. Yeah, I think also in like our just like our daily lives right now. And I. The reverse Hierophant is probably way more present where we see people who are just like stuck in their ways and forcing others to live by this outdated way of thinking and believing. Um, And that's where you get like some really, it's really bad shit happens (laughs) when you do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, which like that's great segue, Ruth, because that brings us into like the challenges of these two birth cards together. Mm. So, you know, like we just said, any cards in tarot, you can either be like super overactive or underactive in terms of like the way you use them. So the misuse of temperance in the Hierophant can look like clinging to your process and tradition to the detriment of others and being overly controlling, micromanaging and having a very narrow perspective. Um, The flip side of that is doing nothing like the, the flip side of the temperance is like you're kind of lazy and like i hate using that word because i think it's wildly misused nowadays because we don't allow people to rest but there is this sense of like you've become apathetic and like you're literally sitting around expecting things to happen for you without contributing that's what we kind of mean by lazy it's like you know you should be contributing and you're just willfully not in order to get something different. Yeah, absolutely. A weaponizing competence there on the other side of things. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, that kind of wraps it up for Temperance and Hierophant. Yeah, they are a good pairing. What's next? What's our next one, Anna? <laughs> death and the Emperor. Woo! Well, Death and the Emperor. Uh, I mean, I like the death card. I know other people are spooked out about it. Yeah, dark and deep and, you know, this mysterious card, that's for sure. Ooh. <laughs> Um, they're actually, once again, very complimentary when we start to look at them. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, me, let me tell you a little something about them, Ruth. In combination, these two tell a story of being an advocate of change tempered by leadership and a strong foundation. So the emperor brings structure to death's somewhat chaotic transformation. So these birth cards aren't about like chaos and wild upheaval, but about thoughtful evaluation in order to restructure and rebuild to wake to make way for something new yeah i mean i think one of the things that they have in common is that they're just like very clear meanings there's no like there's there's no like thinking or you know confusion around what their qualities are and i think that also they're interesting because it's not like you can soften these cards at all. Like, I feel like temperance, you can find a pretty good middle ground that, you know, everybody's pretty stoked on. 
but Death and the Emperor are definitely solidly not going to move from their, you know, qualities in the performance of their duties. A hundred percent. Like, I think there's a pretty, they probably usually come off as pretty serious. With the Death card, like, I, I love this. I love this card. It's usually like, sometimes we all get to a point in our lives where we're like, yes, I need something to end. It's time. It's time. But I know for a lot of people who aren't familiar with this card, it seems very foreboding and spooky or just like exhausting almost. It's like, oh, good. Another ending to deal with. Sure. Yeah. I think a lot of times people confuse all of that with like also throwing in some chaos in there. But a lot of times there's not chaos in the death card. It's more like a tower situation. It feels chaotic. It might like internally feel chaotic where you're like, oh, you have like a lot of emotions. Yeah, for sure. It's not quite the same as the tower. But really, death is all about the cycles, like we mentioned, of like rebirth and transformation. So, you know, I think our emotions take over and we forget that beginnings and endings are two sides of the same coin. It just kind of depends on your perspective. And if you were wanting something to end or if you weren't wanting it to end, it'll change how you feel about the death card and what it means to you. But it's really about releasing what is finished and coming to the end of a cycle of bad habits, a job, or letting situations kind of like just be done, run their course, don't force it. Um, so we can look to nature and the seasons to see this as well. Everything goes dormant in winter, animals rest, plants die, but it's really to make way for the next wave of life. And a fresh start. Yeah, having a light touch on anything is always a good thing, I feel like. I feel like the death card, its other sort of hidden meaning is like flexibility, which being flexible and having a flexible mindset is really a, a life hack here to happiness. And I feel like death is kind of a maybe a forcer of that flexibility. But as long as you're, you know, got the mindset of the death card with that flexibility, then it'll just be easier, you know, every when every new wave comes. Yeah, definitely. Very adaptable. Which brings us to the Emperor. Not adaptable, is he? Is he adaptable? <laughs> well, in his reversed form, he is he's very much not adaptable. Um, so I personally remember the Emperor by thinking of the card as like the ultimate manager. <laughs> he's the culmination of all the kings of the Minor Arcana. And he's all about, he's an authority figure that leads themselves and others to success through structure. And like a good manager, emperors, a good manager, emphasis on like good. Sure. Yeah. To craft a roadmap to reach their goals. Whereas we just like talked about the Hierophant, the Hierophant uses structure and systems to seek knowledge and wisdom. The emperor uses structure and order to facilitate like tangible at achievements and goals. Very much like external. So Hierophant has that like more spiritual internal flavor to it and the emperor has that more external material worldly aspect to it but they still both use order and structure yeah i feel like orderly for sure and then death brings a nice little fresh thing to it even though it's death it doesn't seem fresh but it is fresh so fresh it brings that flexibility and that like reminder to the emperor that hey sometimes we need to let it go and you shouldn't force things it brings us to the challenges part of these two cards so the unhinged version of death and the emperor they caution against becoming a tyrant so if the positive side of these cards is about crafting valuable change through structure the negative side is about becoming vengeful 
needlessly cruel, misusing your authority and power to hurt others, and not letting go or not laying to rest what has been overworked. So that's where like the flexibility and the order and authority come into play, where we need to make sure they're both balanced and that we're not being needlessly cruel. You know, if the death comes in, it's just like, I'm going to be vengeful and I'm going to make this bad for you versus like a vengeful emperor who's using like order and authority in the worst way possible and making people's lives miserable. Yeah, I imagine this sort of person that has these birth cards as like the CEO of Goop, you know, like maybe, you know, a strong tyranty side but also has the hippie side aspect of it too, where it's like not really, you know, too concerned about anything. It's just, it's not, there's not a stagnant person, you know, they're still in charge, but they still got a, a nice soft side to them as well. Reap what you sow. It's very much a death card thing. Reap what you sow. And as we all know, the only things you can depend on are death and taxes. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe. Drop a review so we can find new fans. Tell your friends and follow us on all socials. Our handles are Sweet Death Inc. and Mystic Fool Tarot on all platforms. See you later. <laughs> what an ending, Ruth.